0: Hey everybody, it's Jake Heath. we got a great new episode of Go Fact Yourself coming right up. Uh, but before we get started, I wanted to mention a couple things. For those of you who have been listening to our show recently, first of all, thank you very much. Uh, second of all, you're going to notice a couple things different about this episode. Uh, first of all, you'll hear a live audience. That's because we recorded this in the before times. We are not recording new episodes with live audiences now, for obvious reasons. Uh, second of all, you'll notice that we are missing Ms. Helen Hong. Uh, this episode was recorded while she was on assignment with a family function and was unable to join us, but we have got the wonderful Allie Gertz as our uh, guest co-host. You can listen to an episode with Allie as a guest, which was one of our favorites uh, that is available in your podcast feed. Uh, That's about it. Please continue to take care of yourselves and each other, wear your mask, and enjoy this episode of Go Fact Yourself. Allie Gertz, kick us off.
1: Do you annoy your family by shouting the answers while watching Jeopardy? Do you drive people crazy when you start sentences with, well, actually? Well, guess what? You can Go Fact Yourself! (laughs) Hi everyone, welcome to Go Fact Yourself, the show where we take the smartest people we know and make them look dumb. And then, smart again! I'm Allie Gertz, and now, from the Angel City Brewery in downtown Los Angeles, here's our moderator, Jake Keith Van Stratton.
0: Thank you, everybody.
1: Thank you, Allie.
0: Allie, I could not help but notice that you are not my usual hosting partner.
1: What do you mean? Well, you should... <laughs> <laughs>
0: I feel like we're doing an infomercial for the show now.
1: Tell me more.
0: How can I get all these podcasts out of my feed? <laughs> Listen to them? I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> Allie, thank you so much for sitting in. Helen is uh, on assignment.
1: What is that code for?
0: That is code for unavailable. Mm. <laughs> uh, no, she had, a, she had a family obligation that she could not get out of. Apparently, some people prefer to be with their families <laughs> uh, as opposed to entertaining people. I don't get it. I don't get that either. <laughs> uh, but we're so happy that uh, you were able to fill in. Absolutely. Now, uh, you, you were a former guest on the show, and now yes. you are, are uh, a co-host today. Your time on the show was one of my favorite experiences uh, and episodes of the show, not just because you're Ali and you're lovely, but you had one of those moments with your expert that I kind of felt like too souls were meeting and dancing in the air. Uh, And also, it was funny. Uh, (laughs) What what was it like from your perspective? And tell the people about uh, who Uh, it was and
1: what happened. I can actually feel my heart like racing again, because I'm reliving it. Uh, Mm -hmm. My thing that I was an expert about is Wayne's World, uh, and Penelope Spirits was my expert. And so, if you don't know, she's the director of the movie, and I have like chills thinking about her. I truly, if you were there um, or have listened to the episode, you will know that I like... Died and went to heaven. It was really yeah. amazing. And
0: I think what was what was so uh, special for me is that she was. She seemed to be as excited to meet you it was really uh, cool. as you were to meet her. She was. She was really happy to, to talk about the movie and, and and to meet a fellow fan. It was and, amazing. You know, one of the reasons I want to encourage people to come see the show, not just listen, uh, is that to see your expression as it was dawning on you, <laughs> what was happening, because we we almost cried, which, which we welcome. We love. We love tears. <laughs>
1: From the audience, too. If yeah, you guys cry yeah. tonight... Yeah. Oh, it's so boring.
0: <laughs> um, no, no. We'll, we'll take what we get. You know, as long as you're on stage, you want an emotional reaction from people, whatever it is. But yeah, so it, it was wonderful, and we really appreciate your joining today.
1: Absolutely.
0: Today on Go Fact Yourself, two guests will compete to answer questions about facts they know, facts they might not know, and frankly, facts they should know. Plus, we'll meet actual experts on two very different topics. And finally, we'll declare one of our guests the winner. Let's get started and meet today's guest. Allie, who is up first?
1: He is an actor, improviser, and voice artist who hosts the podcast Tights and Fights, and we got this with Mark and Hal. Both here on the Maximum Fun Network. It's Hal Lublin.
0: Hal Lublin! (laughs) Hal is making his way from the back. This is the song that we clap along to while we're waiting for Hal. Here is Al. Hal. H A L. Oh my God. L U. Nope.
2: Okay, it's Careful
1: over. Of my beverages. Thank you for doing that
2: chant I wrote for you. I appreciate Thank- it. Yeah. A great deal. Yeah. it. It turned out to be about three letters too long. Yeah. It turned out. That's, that's my curse. Uh, <laughs>
0: it's wonderful to have you here. In addition to the shows that Ali mentioned in your intro, some people might know you from your work on Welcome to Night Vale. True. Uh, yeah. As well as uh, a bunch of voices on Venture Brothers. Others. Yes, and uh, the thrilling adventure hour. Yes, yes. Uh, Tights and fights is a uh, podcast about wrestling. How did you get into wrestling originally?
2: I watched it as a kid. I, w- I was a kid at the time when when Hulk Hogan and the WWF exploded mm-hmm. nationally. So I just sort of hit the sweet spot and never let go. Okay. So as I as I got older, I would go away and come back, and then. In talking to Travis McElroy, mm-hmm. I said, I really oh. want to do a wrestling podcast. And he said, email Jesse Thorne. Yeah. And then I got added in uh, to a very great group of hosts. Wow. Aww. So all I had to do was just email Jesse, and I could have uh, gotten this thing going? <laughs> it's that Hollywood is easy,
3: J.K. Oh it's so <laughs> easy. Listen, all the listeners now out I there. Really? <laughs> yeah.
0: And by Hollywood, you mean... Podcast. Yeah, okay. Podcasting. Uh, the, yeah, podcasting. What I think I like about the show, and I think a lot of people appreciate, is that you have really, uh, a very diverse perspective. You know, yes. I think there's, there's a lot of people. I, I would have thought that people who are, are into wrestling would be you know, uh, white teenage boys. Uh, and, like
1: me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Allie is the demo. Hmm. Uh,
3: which, which, and those people, of course, do love
0: wrestling and do love the podcast. But
2: uh, were you surprised to discover how many different kinds of people uh, love talking about wrestling? The thing that, that I love about it is how much I appreciate being the minority voice <laughs> like for once the what yeah. like the straight cis white male <laughs> is the minority voice so i get to learn <laughs> new perspectives yeah. and it just feels like something that should have been around for way longer mm. than it has so that's just a pleasure but that's sort of part of the awakening that i think a lot of people are having or should be happening is oh maybe the world doesn't see everything from my point of view and that's mm. great it's great, it turns out. Yeah, it's yeah so good. Yeah, I thought good. it was
0: going to be crushing and awful. I know. Yeah, <laughs> turns out there's room for everybody. Yeah, and like you like can it. learn how to like things in a different way. <laughs> it's yeah. so bizarre. Yeah. Still getting used to it. Although I think we can agree, except for that guy.
2: <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Still here?
0: now on We Got This with Mm -hmm. uh, Mark and Hal you guys argue about things and come to a conclusion about which things are better than the other thing And so so some of the examples in case people don't know you've argued about what is the best Tom Hanks movie uh, what is the best playground equipment uh, what is the best taco shell the important issues of our day (laughs) yeah What has been the most controversial topic that you've taken on or the one that's gotten the most feedback
2: that surprised you? Our very first episode five years ago was, should you put ketchup on a hot dog? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we went deep. There is a hot dog and sausage council in America, and they say... The HDSC? Yeah. yeah, You know, big hot dogs there in Washington Mm -hmm. saying how it should be, but they determined that I think past the age of 12, Uh. you should stop putting ketchup on a hot dog. No. And, and we we sided with that, see? You have a feeling about it. Everybody has a feeling yeah, about feelings. it. Everybody has <laughs> feelings. This topic actually it. came
0: up on this show. We did a show in Chicago, and we had the guy who, uh, from Vienna Beef who runs the, the Hot Dog Museum, the yeah. HDM. I'm sure he's on the oh HDSC. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, and his the title of his book is actually called never put ketchup on a hot dog, there or don't put ketchup on hot dogs something like that, Boo. something some people agree with. Yeah. Again, there's room for all perspectives. <laughs>
1: no! Even the wrong ones, Allie. Even the wrong ones.
0: Uh, what, what is the key to making a good argument, uh, you think?
2: I think we like to establish the criteria, and instead of deciding, I think it, would, it wouldn't work... If we just went, I'll take this side, you take that uh-huh. side. We, we act as this supreme court of dumb, where we just <laughs> work together, we sort of hear arguments, mm-hmm. and when, when we come to a head against one another, we always figure it out. So it's, it's just sort of diving deep and then being stupid, which comes naturally to both of us.
0: Yeah. I love that. And I think we'll serve you yeah. well on this show as well. Great.
2: Uh, Are you an arguer in real life? Do you like to get into it with people? I like to have discussions. I don't like conflict. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I also like to be right, which I think everybody does. Mm-hmm. So I want to like probe and say, oh, why do you think that? Here's why I think this. And yeah. so then... I'm also happy to change my mind. So, uh,
0: cool. So people might also recognize you as a member of the Work Juice Players uh, yes. from the Thrilling Adventure Hour. <laughs> yes. You do such great of these old-timey voices, kind of these archetypical old-time radio voices. Uh, has that always been a specialty of yours or something you had to develop for this show?
2: I think I was always doing voices as a kid. Yeah. A lot of people who do cartoons and voiceovers right. did. And then my father loved to play cassettes of old-time radio. So oh, okay. I would listen to, like, Great Gildersleeves, Burns & yeah. Allen, mm-hmm. Johnny Dollar, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And... So I had an idea of what archetypes I wanted to Mm -hmm. sort of bring out in doing the show when I was brought on board. You you
0: tend to do, I've noticed, you do a bunch of different announcing type voices. Yes. And they all, it's so interesting, they're all unique, but they're also kind of all in the same sort of sphere. How do you describe what that old-timey announcer voice is?
2: I think the job of each of those voices is to just create context. Mm. And I think that... You have sort of tropes. So I'm just playing off yeah. of those, and a lot of announcers were just sort of deep-voiced guys, mm-hmm, maybe mm-hmm. doing different things. So it all falls in the, in the same kind of scale. It's just different as this, the cowboy guy, or mm-hmm. the comic book guy, or yep. Ted Knight, like just finding those. <laughs> so, that Can sort you give of us raid. a little Ted Knight? Meanwhile, <laughs> city Citibank, like that kind of. This guy knows how to deliver the goods.
0: Yeah. So great to have you. How lovely, ladies and gentlemen. Allie, against whom will Hal be competing tonight?
1: She is a legendary performance artist, writer, singer, and actor known for her roles in Cabin Boy, Panic Room, and The Hunger. And who could be seen currently in Star Trek Picard? It's Anne Magnusson! Anne (laughs) Magnusson!
4: Hi, Anne. Hello.
0: Anne, you, I couldn't help but notice that you were, you were wrapped uh, around your head in some sort of, uh, what, what would you describe that?
4: It is fake fur babushka look.
0: <laughs> it is, it is. Well, welcome to our country.
4: <laughs> Thank you. We are taking over, you know.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. But when you do it, I, I, I'm so charmed, I don't nice. seem to mind. Uh, you
4: will mind later. <laughs> oh.
0: How do you feel about that moose and squirrel, by the way?
4: Oh, fearless leader would... uh, I'd best ask fearless leader. I don't do anything without Vladimir uh, letting me, you know, giving me the uh uh-huh.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Unfortunately, this is feeling all too real these days. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And in addition to the credits that uh, Ali mentioned, people, of course, might know you from Desperately Seeking Susan, Making Mr. Right, Man in the High Castle, uh, an incredible, uh, wonderful long career that you've had. Uh, And, of course, our listeners obviously immediately know that you were an expert on a very recent show of ours, and now you've come on as a guest, which we certainly appreciate. Yes, and
4: I'm so thrilled and honored. Thank you. No,
0: thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, so, let's get into it. Star Trek Picard. That seems to appeal to many people who would be listening to this show right now. <laughs>
4: <Yeah>. uh, <laughs>
3: are,
4: are you, were you a Star Trek fan yourself, going into this? Oh, yeah. Uh, for, well, in 1966, my brother and I were on top of that from the get-go. We loved it. We loved Spock. We loved everything about it. And I still don't understand why they... Cancelled that show Yeah It was so brilliant And um,
0: Did you like the other versions Of it that came along I in the I did not
4: really Pay attention to them ah. I was on to some Other things by What's
0: uh, his name It got no, a little no.
4: It got a little darker What, okay. were, what were their names Oh alright
0: Hell yeah <laughs> Yeah The 70s were fun Huh Uh, It was the 80s. Oh, excuse me.
4: The 90s and part of the 2000s. And a
1: little bit of Tonight. (laughs) And a little bit (laughs) Tonight.
0: The night is young.
4: And then I got married.
0: Uh, How how is being on a Star Trek show different than other work that you've done as far as confidentiality and secrecy?
4: Well, lately you have to zip your lip on everything. Mm -hmm. It's odd. I had to not say anything about Titans. I was on that. And it turned out nobody cared. (laughs) Uh, But I was uh, happy to do it. It was a fun part. But uh, it seems like you can't talk about anything anymore because everyone's so paranoid about the internet. But I think with with Star Trek Picard, it was just the nerves Mm. of working with Sir Patrick Stewart and wanting to know all my lines and (laughs) be able to measure up, you know? Yeah. But he is just one of the most stellar human beings on the planet. How how
0: does someone like Patrick Short welcome you to the set, welcome you to a scene, bring you in? I
4: came to the script reading of the first two scripts, and that's where I first met him. And he was just so charming and welcoming. And the first thing I said to him was, I loved how you played Lennon on the BBC historical drama uh, what was it called? Fall of, Fall of Eagles. Fall of Eagles. Mm-hmm. Fall of Eagles. And he, and I was the look on his face was priceless because he was so surprised. He said, "How did you know that? How did you see that?" I said, "It's on YouTube, like everything else." <laughs> <laughs> but that was his first. Then he told me that was his first real television job before I Claudius. Oh, wow. wow. And he knew the writer, and the writer got him that gig. Wow. So that was a nice first meeting. Mm -hmm. It was stressful just because I was scared, but I wanted to know those lines really well. And then at 10 o'clock, and I knew them like the back of my hand, forward, backwards, and Mm -hmm. forwards. And at 10 o'clock the night before shooting, we get rewrites. (laughs) And they were really extensive and complicated. (laughs) It was like, oh God, so... (laughs) The next day was challenging, but he f-ed up as much as I did. Oh.
0: <laughs> I want to ask. I was I was looking through your credits, and I was I had forgotten that you appeared in the uh, I think was is a very fun movie to watch, uh, Glitter oh, with God. Mariah Carey. And I don't know how often you get to talk about it, but but I... that was a, a notorious, if, if I may say, a notorious bomb. It did not do well at the yes, box office. Yes, but
4: it paid well. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> I mean, I didn't do it unless it paid well. and yeah. I have not seen it yet. I might wait another You an still o- haven't seen it. I'm going to wait another 10 years. Okay. i have going to <laughs> tell you something, though. Yeah. The character, Vondi Curtis-Hall is a fantastic actor and a wonderful director, and he brought me on to that production, and if they had just let him do his job... Mm-hmm. It could have. It might have been a success. Who knows? It, right. it was a. We, it was weird timing. It was right after nine eleven. Yeah,
0: that's that's the other thing. But like.
4: I I played uh, her publicist mm-hmm. and I gave them pictures Patrick Nagel artwork. Mm-hmm. I said I want her to look like this because it was supposed to be the eighties. Right. And I played her as a total cokehead, <laughs> and Vondi was completely down with that. And I also had a Swiss accent of sorts. It was, it was based on uh, Suzanne Barsh, who was a, <laughs> a party promoter in New York. The studio <laughs> called and said, "Uh uh-uh. uh." <laughs> <laughs>
0: to, to which part? It takes
4: us out of the movie. Oh, My accent, the Swiss, accent. Part or the, the, coke Swiss part. the accent. Yeah, the
0: whole thing. Fortunately,
4: they didn't notice the Coke part. I wonder why. (laughs) I I have no regrets, Ed, because I always say in my my resume, along with the movies that are considered good, that Ed, but that she also appears in the beloved classics, Cabin Boy and Glitter. Indeed.
0: And we're happy that you were appearing with us tonight, Miss Magnussen. And and Hal shaking hands in friendly competition, or so it seems. <laughs> and and Hal, we ask each of you to provide us with a few topics outside your field of work in which you feel you some expertise. Hal, you told us you know a lot about the process era Philadelphia 76ers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's the exact number of people that should be clapping right now. That's right. Honestly, knowing
0: our audience, that seems high. (laughs) I think the rest of them maybe don't know any of those words, but we'll get into that a little later. Uh, You also said you know a lot about, and I think this will get more acknowledgement, Captain America in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I've heard of him. And also Saturday Night Live. Yes. Yes. Uh, the, one, the one of the three topics, by the way, that I know anything about. Sure. Um, sure. <laughs> uh, and whereas you said you know a lot about German expressionism, <laughs> early 1970s TV variety shows, <laughs> and this will track the Manson family. <laughs> oh, have we got a show for you, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> And Anne is uh, crossing both fingers, I believe, wishing that that is your topic. We'll find out later. Because uh, later on, we'll ask you some in depth trivia questions about one of those topics. First, we're going to get your thoughts on something you might know nothing about. It's time to split some hairs with our What's the Difference round. We'll have one question for each of you, each worth up to two points. If either of you gives an incorrect answer, the other person has a chance to steal. Your topic today Use Your Words. First up in Use Your Words, Hal. Hal, your question comes from a listener. Who is it, Allie?
1: It's from Starsky Suave of Echo Park, California. Listeners, if you'd like to submit a suggestion for What's the Difference Round, go to GoFactYourPod.com and click on Get Involved.
0: Thank you, Allie. Hal, in the topic of Use Your Words, they both are words that suggest that you can do something with something. But what is the difference between use and utilize? Use and utilize. Sure. Sure.
2: Uh (laughs) I thought we lost
3: you there for a second,
2: Pop. (laughs) Just a slight series of mini-strokes I'll be having throughout the entire episode. I I don't know this for sure, Uh but my guess would be that to use something could be in, in any capacity, whereas to utilize something is for its intended capacity. Very clear.
0: And not responded to by the audience. Let's see. Uh,
3: <laughs> let's see if you have vengeance start. on them or
0: not. Uh, all right, we have Hal's answer. We don't know yet if he is correct. Ann, what do you think?
4: Lordy, I don't know. Uh, I'm just going to take a wild guess and say "use" means actually physically holding, using mm-hmm. an object, uh, utensil, uh, and then to utilize is maybe more theoretical.
2: Whoa. Yeah. Can I change my answer to that?
4: <laughs> <laughs> I liked your answer. I'll keep, answer. Mine. I'll keep your I like, it's mine. Very I like good. mine.
0: It's fine. Yeah. All right. Well, this segment has worn out its usefulness. Let's go to Ali Gertz at the judges' table for the facts.
1: <laughs> Here are the facts. When you use something, you employ it for your intended purpose. When you utilize something, you employ it for other than its intended purpose. So, for example, when I wore an amazing pair of shoes on the red carpet, I was using the shoes as they were intended on my feet. Later that night, when I removed them and threw them at someone who gave me side-eye, I was utilizing them as weapons, which was not their intended purpose, even though they were killer shoes. Uh,
0: that is right. Thank you, Allie. Uh, 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 and Allie, once again, I would like to apologize. Uh, and also, good aim.
1: Hey, thanks. Uh, <laughs> Allie, how did you do on that? Um, Hal and Ann both got zero. Yes,
4: I'm sorry, <laughs> Hal. You actually got an
3: opposite. Ann, if you had flipped it, yeah. I was
4: in the neighborhood. You
0: I'm were very much somebody. in the neighborhood. <laughs> I'm glad. Hey, you I, s-
4: I use the word theoretical. You did use
0: the word <laughs> theoretical. That Allie, should be, be worth,
1: worth for that point. <laughs> No. No, I don't think Theoretically, so. Theoretically, right. no. No, no.
0: <laughs> uh, all right, no points there, but uh, maybe we learned something. All right, uh, up next in Use Your Words, Anne. and your question also comes from a listener. Allie?
1: It's from Trey Monahan of Portland, Oregon.
0: That's right, Trey. Thanks so much. Anne, in the topic of Use Your Words, they both are ways people use words, but what is the difference between an accent and a dialect? An accent, perhaps like a Swiss accent, uh, and a <laughs> dialect.
4: I would say an accent is the way an individual says the the language, okay. and a dialect is actually a different language altogether. A different language altogether. It's a, it's a variation of of the language with different words, but kind of like the language, but not exactly the same
0: okay uh great we have ann's answer we don't know yet if she is correct how what do you think
2: i would say an accent is a little more general so you could mm-hmm. say a philadelphia accent which is where i'm from mm-hmm. but dialects may be montgomery county delaware county more mm-hmm. specific regions can you give uh, more examples subset. of counties <laughs> sure. Uh, no, no, we're good. We're County, Philadelphia. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're fine. Okay,
0: very good. Okay, we're uh, good. All right, well, this segment is becoming hard to understand. Let's go to Allie Gertz at the judges' table for the facts.
1: Okay, here are the facts. In its purest meaning to a linguist, an accent is specifically how words or phrases are pronounced. A dialect includes how things are pronounced, but also has the differences of grammar, vocabulary, and syntax. So, for example, a Southern accent would be how the letter R is often not pronounced at the end of words, like the word never would be never or letter that sounds British would be letter. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a Southern accent. But when you say, "I'm fixing to send a letter to my kin because they never visit y'all," that's a full-on Southern dialect. <laughs> Allie Gertz,
0: ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> That's right. Uh, by the way, uh, my grandmother was from the South and also Jewish, so I would often hear, why don't you visit y'all? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can also think of an accent as how one pronounces a foreign language, where a dialect would refer to how one pronounces their native language. All right, Allie, how did they do?
1: Anne got two points. Anne
0: got two points. Oh. You got both of those right. Good job, oh, Ann. And what is our score at the end of that round?
1: Uh, Hal has zero and Anne has two.
0: That's right, but those scores are bound to change as we move on to questions about topics our guests have chosen for themselves. That's all up ahead when we come back on Go Fact Yourself.
4: I started listening to Ono, Ross, and Carrie shortly after I broke my arm, and the doctor had told me I'd never walk again.
5: I was... Allergic to water. Addicted to wheatgrass. I knew it was time to make a change.
4: There's something about, oh no, Ross and Carey that you just can't get anywhere else. They're thought leaders, discoverers, founders,
2: healers, luminaries.
4: Ross and Carey don't just report on French science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal. They take part themselves. They show up so you don't have to.
5: But you might find that you want to.
2: My arm is better. I can walk again.
5: Six months,
2: no wheatgrass. Just go to MaximumFun.org. Thank, Thank you,
3: Ross, Ross and
1: Carrie. Carrie. Ona oh, no, Ross and Carrie is just a podcast. It doesn't do anything. It's just sound you listen to in your ears. All these people are made up. Goodbye.
0: Hey everybody, I write trivia questions for a living and that means I have to search for a lot of weird things on the internet, things that I don't want people to know about. And it doesn't matter if you use incognito mode or clear your browsing history, your internet service provider can still see every website you've ever visited. You know what I'm saying, every website. Well, ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers so your ISP can't see the sites you visit. ExpressVPN also keeps all of your information secure by encrypting 100% of your data with the most powerful encryption available. It runs seamlessly in the background and is so easy to use. And it's available on all your devices. Protect your online activity today with the VPN rated number one by CNET and Wired. Those are big deals. Visit our exclusive yourself link at expressvpn.com slash gofact, and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package and support our show. That's expressvpn.com slash gofact. Expressvpn.com slash gofact to learn more. Thank you, ExpressVPN.
1: yourself, where our score is Hal Lublin with zero points and Ann Magnuson with two points. Once again, here is Jake Keith Van Stratton.
0: Thank you, Allie. Thank you, everybody. All right, Hal, of your many interests, you told us you know a lot about the Process Era Philadelphia 76ers, Captain America in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and Saturday Night Live. Let's find out a little bit more about each of those. First of all, you said the Process Era 76ers. Well, explain a little bit about what that is and why you chose that.
2: Sure. The Process uh, was uh, the 76ers intentionally losing uh, shedding salaries. I think and you need to back up a little draft. bit for our audience. The Philadelphia 76ers are a basketball team. Thank in Philadelphia, so much. That's what I was looking for. That's what we're looking oh. for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they embarked on what turned out to be a five year process of getting rid of players that had any value on the court mm-hmm. in order to get draft assets and basically build a team later on that could contend. Uh, seriously for a long time, and yeah. it became the laughing stock of the entire league. Oh, no. Which, of course, draws Philadelphians closer <laughs> and more defensive of it. Yes, and what is it about it, about that uh, era that appeals to you? I, I, I love the revolving door of players. Mm-hmm. I love the, the players who are still in Philadelphia, the one player who is still in Philadelphia uh, from the process, who is Joel Embiid, who has become one of the better players in the league. I, I could not help but notice that uh, the He's word Embiid shirt. is on your t-shirt there, there it is. right yes. now.
0: Wow. There yeah. <laughs>
2: You were wearing a Nintendo-style T-shaped shirt. Yeah, and it's a very Philadelphia thing to do to to lose for a very long time (laughs) in the hopes you will win at some point later.
0: All right, Uh, next you said you know a lot about Captain America
2: in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Sure. I read some Captain America as a kid uh, and as an adult reading comics, but I think the way that they handled him as a character both in, in Chris Evans' portrayal and in the arc he gets over the course of of I would, what is it, eight years of of those films (laughs) from 2011 to 2019 Mm -hmm. uh, is just a beautiful look at a man who adapts to the world around him without changing essentially who he is. Dang.
1: That's beautiful. That's some knowledge.
2: Uh, And then finally, you said you know a lot about Saturday Night Live. Sure. I've been watching it since I was very young. Then uh, at a certain point, the shows that I had missed because I was too young to have watched them (laughs) started to air on MTV and Nickelodeon. So I, I don't think that there are many episodes I have missed of the entire run. And I'm just blown away. By, again, that shows ability to reinvent itself and have new casts come in and bring a new voice to so comedy.
0: Like a lot of changeover in personnel, it seems like. Yes. In yeah. I,
2: I was totally comfortable with it when we did <laughs> a basketball because I'm used to, to
0: people leaving that show. Uh, all right. So to summarize, uh, Hal, you said you know a lot about the process era of Philadelphia seventy six ers, Captain America in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and Saturday Night Live. Today, we're going to quiz you about Captain America in the Marvel Cinematic oh. Universe. <laughs> so nervous. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm sure if you get anything wrong, no one will notice or tweet us.
2: That's the, yeah. The great thing about comic books and comic book media is yeah. you can be completely wrong about it and never find out. Yeah. It's just, you yeah. can wallow it's in it. It's fun to
0: just live in that ignorance. Yeah. Live in not knowing. Sure. <laughs> uh, are you, you, you uh, made a comment when we were bringing the topic up, Allie. Are you a fan of the MCU or of, com- of uh, Captain I, America?
1: I am. And I also worked at DC Comics, which is where someone here works tonight as well. Uh, so I like comics. All right. Very I'm good. I'm not going to be a jerk about it. I do know the answers, but they're printed out. (laughs) (laughs)
0: hey in that case I know the answers too how many of these I knew before
2: (laughs) one look as long as one of us knows we're good
0: yeah. Uh, you'll be able to tell which one I knew very very quickly. Um, so, do you have a favorite movie of the Captain America uh, MCU? Winter Soldier. Yeah. What do you What do you like about that one so much?
2: I just love it. It was the the movie that showed really the, how the MCU could continue on forever by making genre films. Mm-hmm. It's a great spy thriller. It's sort of reminiscent of Three Days of the Condor films mm-hmm. like that, which is why it's great that Robert Redford is actually in the film. Oh yeah, I didn't that connection. It actually is the Russo brothers' first uh, first century directing in that uh, for that studio. Yeah. Very cool. And uh, were you satisfied with Endgame? How how all that got wrapped up? Yeah, I, I loved it. I it was thirty minutes of of candy at the end. I felt like <laughs> I felt like it uh, it had been earned over the course of of the film. I know some people feel differently. Yeah. but I got to earn it. that candy. I, I think I cri- I think the first five times I watched it, I cried in the last thirty minutes. And how many Aww. times watching times. are you up to now? I don't. I'm out I'm out a finger, so it's higher oh, than wow. that goes. <laughs> I
0: know right. that.
2: Sounds like this is uh, your quiz to lose. Uh, <laughs> just ahead,
0: we're going to enlist the help of a bona fide expert in Captain America in the Marvel Cinematic Universe to test your mastery in the subject with our expert-level question worth up to three points. Before that, to let you show your love, here are five trivia questions about the topic, each worth one point. If you want it, you're allowed a hint for any two of these five questions. Okay. And do listen closely, because if Hal answers incorrectly, you can steal. And by the way, how much do you know <laughs> about Captain America in the Marvel Cinematic uh, Universe? i
4: uh, uh, I'm sorry. I know nothing, nothing. All right, Not, I don't know this Captain America you talk about. Right. I love that I Swiss really accent. All yeah. okay.
0: uh, All right, Hal. Let's see if you can reach. Go give get her... him, Tiger. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I love that encouragement. All right, Hal. Here we go. Question number one. In the comics, multiple characters have worn the costume of Captain America, but the first one is also the guy we meet in Captain America, the first Avenger, and remains throughout all the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. Who is his MCU alter ego? Steve Rogers. Allie? That is correct. That is correct. That's the one that I knew, too.
2: <laughs> I really had to think for a second. I, yeah. All of a sudden, every bit of information dropped out of my head as you were
0: asking. <laughs> yeah. We basically could have asked, hey, who was the guy that was Captain America, but we had to make it complicated for the people. I, I appreciate the artistry. Yeah. All right, great. Uh, fun fact, you probably know, at one point in the comic book, Steve Rogers was replaced by a guy named William Naslund, who was already a superhero named Spirit of 76. Duh. Sure. Duh.
2: Who doesn't know that?
0: Yeah. Am I pronouncing Naslin correctly? We'll find out. (laughs) We'll find out on Twitter. Question number two. In one Marvel movie, Iron Man suggests that Captain America's costume does nothing for his rear end. Finish the line that Ant-Man says in response. As far as I'm concerned, that's America's ass. (laughs) (laughs) Do I have to ask, Allie? That is, that is correct, <laughs> and a wonderful reading. Uh, you did not need the hint, but had you needed it, I think Allie would have enjoyed saying it. Allie, what would that hint have been?
1: God bless the US ass. <laughs> <laughs> U.S.S.
0: U.S.S. U.S.S. U.S.S.
1: U-S-S. U-S-S.
0: <laughs> question number three. Frequent Captain America writer Stan Lee Was well known for his cameo appearances In MCU movies In one, he plays a FedEx guy Delivering a package from Captain America To another character How does Stan Lee mispronounce the name Of the recipient of that package? I'm looking for Tony Stank
1: <laughs> Allie? That is correct, that is correct.
0: <laughs> I think we need to get more voiceover people On this show That's a lot of fun Uh, Fun fact, that cameo is from Captain America Civil War, and in the scene, Don Cheadle as Lieutenant James Rhodes agrees that Tony Stark is indeed Tony Stank. (laughs) You are three for three, Hal. Here's question number four. Three different actors in the MCU play the character who invented Captain America's shield. Name two of them. Oh,
2: God. Uh, John Slattery. I'm pretty sure it's John Slattery. And uh, is his name Dominic Monaghan? Is that that correct? I'm going to go with it. Is that correct, Allie?
1: It's not. No, Dominic. I'm terribly Donner. sorry.
2: And with a chance to steal.
1: <laughs> Take, it. Take it from me, Anne! Steal it.
4: You said. <laughs> and John Slattery, who yeah. was on Mad Men, mm-hmm. and he's hot. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other guy, you said somebody? He said Dominic yeah, Monaghan, which guy. incorrect. Don I know, know Mc... what that is,
2: yeah.
4: Hmm. I'm just going to throw out. A name from my beloved childhood, Bruce Davison. Not, AKA unlike yeah. not unlike John Slattery. Not unlike John Slattery. Well, you might be Bruce... up for the same role. I don't yeah. know. Uh,
0: Allie, is it John Slattery and Bruce Davison? It is not. No, John Slattery was correct. Dominic Cooper was the Thank other you. one. Oh. Dominic oh. this...
1: Monaghan is from Lost. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I realized this. Yeah,
2: it's fine. <laughs> I can't believe you didn't know that. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Whoa. <laughs>
5: Let me delete
2: my Twitter account No, no, correct. no. We're happy yeah. to have you.
0: The other one was Gerard Sanders. Gerard Sanders. Uh, the character, of course, is Howard Stark. Dominic Cooper played the same part in the TV series Agent Carter. All right, uh, no point there unless you'd like to give him a half point, Allie. It's up to you. I would. All right, a half point. Thank you. Half point for John Slattery. Come nice. Here's question number five. In Avengers Endgame, Captain America wears two of his suits that he'd worn in previous MCU movies. Name one of the two movies where we've seen these suits before The Avengers. Allie?
1: That is correct. That is correct. The (laughs) Avengers. Do you know the other one?
2: Uh, The other one. Let me think. what, uh, what other outfits is it? Anne knows, but she wants oh, to let you get it. Is it? Does so he wear the suit from from uh, Winter Soldier? He does.
0: Yes, that's correct. You would have gotten them both. Very good. All right, you did very well in that round. But now here's your expert level question that requires multiple answers. It Ugh. is time for your cluster fact. Yeah. Ooh.
3: <laughs> <laughs> we'll be
0: bringing on an expert to assess your response. Good boy. Hal, in Captain America's Civil War, Captain America's former friend, the Winter Soldier, acts a little weird. <laughs> it turns out he's been brainwashed. His brainwashed behavior can be triggered by 10 different words or phrases in Russian. For up to three points, <laughs> let us get to the question, please. <laughs> For up to three points, name any three of those trigger words in English. Uh, oh, boy. Or Russian, if you want to show off. Uh, will the expert know the Russian? We'll find out. <laughs> if uh, not,
2: we have a Russian speaker on hand, obviously, who yeah. can help us.
4: I can tell you later. <laughs> yeah,
2: I... Oh, boy, I'm drawing a complete blank on any right, of the we'll words. Do you want me to just say might, some?
4: Yeah. Um,
0: well, you know, give us some thought. Think of words that might be sure. associated I, with the they're all like series.
2: sort of odd objects. There's mm-hmm. no kind of direct meaning to them. Okay. Um, I'll say... Um, Apple. I know that's wrong. Okay. Um, uh, waterfall. Also incorrect. <laughs> and a third uh, would be uh, ladder. Definitely wrong. Just to make sure you heard the question, yeah. we do want the correct
3: answer. You d- oh! <laughs>
2: that's what I misheard. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, those are... I, those that's those are you're gonna stick I'm going to guess. It's, it's apple...
1: Waterfall, waterfall
0: and, and ladder. ladder. All correct. Oh, yes, yes, yes. All right. All right. Allie is taking note of those answers. We have an expert on hand who can tell us for sure. <laughs> Allie, who do we have tonight?
1: Here with us tonight via Skype from his home in Beloit, Wisconsin, is a New York Times best-selling author whose books include The Marvel Encyclopedia, The Marvel Avengers Encyclopedia, and Captain America, The Ultimate Guide to the First Avenger. It's Matt Forbeck. Matt Forbeck. <laughs> hey,
0: hey. Mr. Forbeck, can you hear us? I can hear you fine. Can you hear me? At, yes, we can. It's wonderful. To, uh, thank you so much for joining us. How are things in Beloit, Wisconsin? Chilly. Okay. <laughs> uh, that checks out. Uh, so, in addition to uh, the books that Ali mentioned, you've also written over 30 novels uh, and also games. Uh, you've designed collectible card games, role playing games, board games, and logic systems for toys. I, of course, know what that means. Why don't you tell everybody else? <laughs> what is a logic system for toys?
5: Uh, for instance, one of them I did was a uh, Star Trek utility role-playing belt for kids based on the 2009 movie. And it had a logic system in it that you would actually be able to hear the voice of Starfleet Command would tell you to go out and do different missions at various points, right? Yeah. I mean, but, sure. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> there's like 90 seconds worth of sound in it. I knew that if I just gave 90 seconds worth of sound, I would kill my children after about three days of this. So, uh <laughs> I asked them, because I'm a game designer, if I could actually put in a um, random adventure generator. And they said, sure, we'll have some programmer do it in an assembly code or whatever, but just give us a flow chart and we can pull it off. And I ended up doing this thing that had eight beginnings, eight endings, and then choosing three to five choices off a list of 30 different mission complications. And suddenly we had somewhere around 1,200 different wow. uh, variations. So I saved the lives of children everywhere.
0: <laughs> Very well done. Uh, You've, you've won
5: lots of awards for the games that you've designed. What's the key to a good board game? Any game is really a series of interesting choices. And if you can have something that's interesting for people to play, even when it's not their turn, I think that's really amazing uh, way to have a, a game succeed. But really the uh, point of any game is to have fun with your friends. You know, It's a good excuse to get together with people and joke with them around a the table and enjoy your time together. Do you think we could make a go-fact-yourself-home
0: game? Oh, definitely. <laughs> I heard one audible gasp from the audience. I think we've got our next uh, Max Fund Drive uh, giveaway item. That's great. So let's talk about these Marvel books that you've done. How, how did you come to write these? Uh, this Marvel encyclopedia, the Avengers encyclopedia, and this uh, book about Captain America?
5: Well, I've been a comic book reader since I was a little kid. In fact, I learned how to read on Spidey Comics way back in the 70s. And uh, I just love them. Uh, so I ended up going to Comic-Con. I worked with Jim Lee over at... Uh, Wildstorm back when it was a division of image comics I developed the Wildstorms collectible card game for him And he would take me to comic-con to help demonstrate the games And one year I happened to wander by the DK publishing booth and I said you guys don't need anybody who loves comics over here Do you and they said sure give us a card, you know You do this at a convention and you figure, uh, you know 99 times out of 100 nothing actually comes of it but three months later, I got an email from their head editor saying, would you be interested in doing the next edition of the Marvel Encyclopedia? And I'm, the, the only answer you could actually come up with a question of that is yes. Yes.
0: Yeah, I like would that. do it too, and I don't know anything about Marvel. That would be a very interesting encyclopedia. What was the research process like for that project?
5: You know, uh, as a friend of mine says, oh, how long did you study for this? And the question, the answer is really your entire life, right? <laughs> but then a lot of it's, you know, uh, researching on Wikipedia and different wikis and then doing primary research with the actual comic books because, mm-hmm. believe it or not, wiki entries are not always accurate. It's hard to What be- do you yeah. mean?
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I learned recently that I did not die in 1987. So, <laughs> yeah. What were some of the surprising things that you found in, in researching these uh, Marvel comics or for any of the books that you've done?
5: Well, it's just a lot of fun. I mean, a lot of the, an interesting one about Captain America, for instance, is that Stan Lee originally got his job because his uncle owned Marvel Comics, right? Mm-hmm. So he was brought into work as like a 16, 17-year-old kid, and he would annoy people by playing the ocarina around the office. <laughs> and eventually somebody said, give the kid something to do. And so he his first published fiction was actually in Captain America comics number three. Mm. He wrote a prose story, not even a comic book story, a prose story. And because he was bent on becoming the great American novelist at some point, he used a uh, pen name. His real name is Stanley Lieber, and he called himself Stan Lee so he could save his real name for his his uh, serious work <laughs> when he finally got around it, which never <laughs> actually happened.
0: That's interesting. Uh, Stan Lee actually ended up writing the forward for one of your books.
5: He did. He actually wrote a forward to the Captain America book, and he wrote forwards to the Marvel Encyclopedia as well.
0: That's really cool. That's so uh, cool. So Marvel Encyclopedia ended up being a New York Times bestseller. Uh, congratulations on that. How, how, do you, Thank yeah. Woo. Uh, how do you find out that, that uh, a book that you worked on gains that status?
5: you find it online, right? <laughs> it's a Google alert, and most Google alerts are somebody stealing your book online, you know? Yeah. Uh, every now and then you get one that says, hey, by the way, Publisher Weekly says that you actually uh, did pretty well this month, so.
0: Oh, really? It was just uh, a, a Google alert, that's great. Uh, and uh, what, tell us what you're working on these days. you got a, a new novel coming out, I understand.
5: Yeah, I just had a book come out that, called Shotguns and Sorcery the Omnibus, which is a collection of these fantasy noir stories that I do, Uh, So a big hardcover omnibus just came out with the ebook last week and uh, my next book is actually going to be a novel for Minecraft Dungeons, which is a new video game from the people who do Minecraft and that'll be out in July. That's so cool. Uh, You heard Hal describe his
0: theory about why he likes Captain America so much, how he adjusts in a changing world. How do you view Captain America as he's portrayed in the Marvel Cinematic Universe over the years?
5: I think he's fantastic. I think they're very faithful to the original vision of the creators, Joe Simon and Jack Kirby. Captain was originally created as an answer to Adolf Hitler by a couple of Jewish kids in New York, right? Mm. And a lot of people say keep politics out of comics, but comics have always been political, starting even before Captain America, but particularly with Captain America. And I think it's wonderful to see that continue to this day. That's terrific. Yeah. yeah. Just to be clear, our show
0: has been anti-Hitler almost from the beginning.
3: <laughs>
0: uh, all right. Well, let's get to the reason that we brought you here as far as our game is concerned. You heard the question that we asked of Hal. We wanted to know three of the ten trigger words that can uh, set the Winter Soldier off. Uh, Allie, what was the first word that Hal thinks he got wrong? <laughs> apple. Is apple correct? And Sadly not. No, I'm sorry. No point there. Uh, what was the next word that Hal said, Allie? Waterfall. Uh, and Mr. Forbeck? Uh, no,
5: not again. Sorry. Not that again. I'm
0: sorry. Uh, and then finally, what was the last one that he said, Allie? Ladder.
5: And Mr. Forbeck? Not even close.
0: I'm sorry, Hal. On the bright side, you were right that you were wrong. I'll take it. You'll take it. All right. Uh, do you have the
5: words uh, with you there, what those ten words were? They are longing, rusted, furnace Daybreak, 17, Benign, 9, Homecoming, 1, and Freight Car. So close.
2: <laughs> so close. You
0: know what? You've got to use a ladder to get to most of those. Yeah.
2: They all have letters.
0: They certainly <laughs> Very do.
5: Very similar. Hal, uh, is there anything
2: you'd like to ask our expert while we have him here? Uh, yeah, what's your favorite Captain America movie? I'm curious. As an expert.
5: Well, I think Civil War is fantastic. It was really, as you said, a breakout movie for the, Ru- for the Russos, but also just because... Of the, uh, the Robert Redford and the Three Days of the Condor stuff going on. It was fantastic. It really upped the level of all Marvel movies from that point on, I think. You- High five.
3: High <laughs> five.
0: <laughs> High five over Skype. <laughs> uh, Mr. Forbeck, it's wonderful that you joined us. If people want to find out more about you or your work, where can
5: they go? They can go to Forbeck.com, F O R B E C K.com. They can also find me on Twitter at mforbeck.
0: Excellent. It's wonderful that you joined us. Thank you so much, Matt Forbeck, ladies and gentlemen. Woo! Uh, all right, Allie, what is our score at the end of that round?
1: Hal Loplin has four and a half points, and Anne Magnuson has two points, with a round of questions for Anne coming up.
0: That's right, we're gonna talk with Ann about a topic she knows about, plus later Hal and Anne will go head-to-head in our Fast Facts round, all to find a winner on Go Fact Yourself! <laughs> Woo.
1: Macho man to the top rope! The flying elbow, the cover! <laughs> We've got a new champion! We're here with Macho Man Randy Savage after his big win to become the new world champion. What are you going to do now, Match?
2: I'm going to go listen to the newest episode of the Tights and Fights podcast, oh yeah!
1: Tell us more about this podcast
2: it's the podcast of power too sweet to be sour funky like a monkey woke discussions man and jokes about wrestlers fashion choices myself excluded yeah i can't wait to listen neither can i you can find it saturdays on maximum fun oh yeah dig it
1: to go fact yourself for our score is Hal Lublin with four and a half points and Anne Magnuson with two points. Once again, here's Jake Keith Van Stratton. Thank
0: you, Allie. Thank you, everybody. My friend Anne, of your many interests, you told us you know a lot about German Expressionism, early 1970s TV variety shows, and the Manson family. Let's find out a little bit more about <laughs> each of those. First of all, you said you know a lot about German Expressionism.
4: Yes, well... I don't know, a lot. It's relative, but I... You did
0: say that you know a lot about German expressionism.
3: uh,
4: (laughs) Relative to many other subjects.
0: Yeah. Now, Uh, of course, I know what that means, but for our audience, what... Is it basketball again? What is German expressionism?
4: (laughs) Well, I got obsessed with that, as most uh, art students do when I first got to college. The films, the art, the theater, Mm -hmm. and the time period, also pretty obsessed with... uh, twentieth century wars, like mm-hmm. 20, World War I and World War II. Mm-hmm. So uh, that you might like Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Only if it looks more like the cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Well that's,
0: <laughs> that's probably in the DVD extras. I don't know. Oh okay. Uh, have you ever gotten to work at uh, something that could be described in well, that genre?
4: I was actually asked back in the mid or early mid '80s to be in a production of uh, Oscar Kokoschka's "Murderer: Hope of Women" mm-hmm. in Vienna, oh. and I thought this is fantastic. The promotional photograph that was on the poster was taken by Robert Maplethorpe. Oh wow! So I had this amazing photograph of me and the uh, actor who was going to be in the play, uh, dressed in just exquisite. German expressionistic costumes that are also in leather.
0: <laughs> By the way, this is not the first time that this has come up as a potential topic on Go Fact Yourself. So really? We'll, yes, oh, we'll yeah. see if we, we end up doing it as a quiz.
4: When you had Nick Cave on. And <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, you also said you know a lot about early 1970s TV variety shows. <laughs>
4: Only by virtue of watching them. Well, that's, then, I think
0: that's how most people experience them.
4: <laughs> but well, that's true. <laughs> but I watched an awful lot of TV. What are some up.
0: of the What are some of the shows that you remember from that era?
4: Well, The Smothers Brothers Comedy mm-hmm. Hour, which was sure. late yeah. '60s. Yeah. That was my absolute favorite. I was madly in love with Tommy Smothers, and I got to meet him when I first started coming out to Hollywood. Yeah. And I got him to sign a. a Picture, so I have a signed photograph, and That's a so picture cool. of us was in uh, the, I think it was the LA Times, of me, Tommy Smothers, and Terry Garr. That should wow. be at the getting And I thought, I've made it, I can go back to West Virginia now, just.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm very curious to see if all of your topics end up with a photo of you and one of the people involved, but we'll get oh. to the Manson family later. Um, So in in the 70s, what are some of the other variety shows Uh, that you The Glen Campbell
4: uh, Good Time Hour. Yeah. uh, The Johnny Cash Summer Variety Show. Mm -hmm. I remember just, I was mesmerized. Oh, that's That's wonderful. I
0: love that. All right. And then finally, Anne, you said you know a lot about the Manson family.
4: Yes. I read The Family by Ed Sanders when I was in high school, when Mm. it first came out. I don't know how I got a hold of that book. Yeah. But I could not put it down.
0: And for those who don't know, this refers to Charlie Manson and his uh, yes, and it was, group of misfits. Yes. No, how would you, it was how wack- would you say it's it?
4: Wack- tag crew. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that was the I think were the first I think that book came out before helter skelter. Mm-hmm. But I was so mesmerized by it because, of course, I was a little baby hippie. Mm. Actually, I was a glam rock hillbilly hippie. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, One of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
4: There were a handful. There was a group of us. Yeah. Speaking. And so they,
0: it appealed to you because they were also uh, Well, crazy it was hippies?
4: counterculture. Mm. It was counterculture. And my brother and I, when we were younger, had a book on Bonnie and Clyde and all the uh, 20s gangsters. And there's just a fascination mm. with true crime. Yeah that we all have. Let's Absolutely. face it. We're all
0: freaks. Uh, uh, indeed. All right. So to summarize, Anne, you said you know a lot about German expressionism, early 1970s TV variety shows, and the Manson family. Today we're going to quiz you about the Manson family. Yes! Anne is raising her hands triumphantly. <laughs> Hallelujah. I've never seen people so ex- excited to talk about murder. Um, <laughs> Do, uh, so now, are you are you you're interested not just in Charlie Manson, but also him as a leader of these these followers?
4: I'm who interested in the, yeah, in the psychology of it. Yeah, the psychology. Yeah. And even in high school, after I read that, I went down to the library and got every magazine that mentioned. I learned really how to use the library by researching <laughs> yeah. the Manson family. Yeah, it's funny. I don't
0: remember that poster at my local library.
4: <laughs> well, they had all the Life magazines. Sure. They had all the magazines on file. Yeah and i even they had microfish remember sure <laughs> and and i got obsessed with it and then all those other books started to come out mm-hmm. and then when i started hanging out in the punk rock scene there was all the,
0: Is there was a lot of crossover between the there was the a punk lot of obsession yeah. with Wh- the
4: manson's
0: did you like the portrayals of him in movies
4: i thought steven Railsback back was outstanding mm-hmm. Outstanding. Yeah. And um,
0: that was, I think, one of the first ones, if if not the first. It was the first 1976
4: TV movie. Oh, neat. And then I just actually, because I was trying to bone up on this, thinking this might hopefully be the topic. Yeah. And I noticed there was a 2004 movie that Jeremy Davis is. uh, I've only watched clips on TV, but I saw that Vince of Bugliosi. Produced it and wrote the screenplay. Mm-hmm. He so, was the
0: lawyer, he was the prosecutor. Yeah, in the so case. I
4: actually do want to watch that. But oh, uh, I watched the documentaries again and I watched Charlie Says that by Mary Herron. Mm-hmm. And I think I've had enough.
0: Okay, well, if, if <laughs> you can stand time. just a little bit more talking <laughs> just, <laughs> about it, we do have a quiz I'll for you. I'll give you
4: 15 more minutes <laughs> no, of China,: right, as... Let's get
0: going. Uh, all right, well, just ahead, we'll enlist the help of a bona fide expert in the topic with our three-part question. But before that, to give you a chance to show off, here are five trivia questions about the topic. Eastworth worth one point. You as well get two hints for any of these five topics. Uh, Hal, do listen closely, because you can steal if Anne gets any wrong. Hal, by the way, how much do you know about
2: the Manson family? I know the ten words that he used to activate... <laughs> <laughs> Waterfall, waterfall is yeah, the whole thing. Ladder was
0: one. Yeah. Uh, all right, and here we go. Question number one. Charles Manson said that he heard messages in songs by the Beatles, and he used one of their song titles to explain his warped thinking and violent acts. That song later became the title of a book about his trial. What is that song?
4: Helter Skelter.
0: Allie.
1: That is correct. That is correct. <laughs>
0: Getting off started with an easy one. Fun fact: a Helter Skelter is actually an amusement park ride where a giant slide twists around a central tower. Uh, don't see much of those anymore. I think we know why. All right, question number two. What Manson family member escaped from prison in 1987 where she was serving time for a very high-profile assassination attempt?
4: Lynette Squeaky Frome, also known as Lynette Squeaky Frome. Allie? If you are French.
6: <laughs> Ali.
1: <laughs> Can you imagine if I said that wasn't correct? That is correct. That is correct. we... Oui. <laughs>
4: Uh, Actually, the prison she escaped from was Alderson, West Virginia, and I happened to be visiting West Virginia when that happened. Oh,
0: were you hoping to run into her?
4: Well, I knew she wasn't going to get far on those roads. Well,
0: our our fun fact is that uh, her attempted murder charge was for an assassination attempt on President Gerald Ford. She was recaptured two days after she escaped less than two miles from the prison. That is fun. That is fun. (laughs) (laughs) It's fun because it didn't work, I guess. Yeah. All right, question number three. One member of the Manson family fled California and fought extradition from another U.S. state for nine months before being sent back. This state also became part of his nickname. What was the state? Texas. Allie?
1: That is correct. That is correct.
0: It was Charles Denton Tex Watson, Jr., you are three for three, here's question number four. Sharon Tate is the victim of the Manson family that most people know. In fact, the night of her killing is often referred to as the Tate Murders, but another victim was taken that night, an heiress to a family fortune. Who was that heiress, and what was the source of her family fortune?
4: Abigail Folger, Folger Coffee. Allie? That's correct. Wow!
0: That is correct.
4: I can name all the other victims if you'd like. <laughs>
0: That's right. Abigail Folger was the eldest daughter of Peter Folger, chairman of the board of the Folger's Coffee Company, which, by the way, mountain grown. You're four for four, Anne. Here is question number five. In addition to being a violent murderer, Charles Manson was a songwriter. <laughs> which is worse? Who's to say?
1: Hey, uh, I just sang.
3: You, you might actually... <laughs>
0: and by the way, Allie, you killed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean that with no disparagement (laughs) at all, of course. In fact, one of the songs that he co-wrote was recorded by the Beach Boys. He was not credited for writing the song, which made him very angry, which was not a good idea. Manson gave the song one title, and the Beach Boys gave it another. Mm -hmm. Name both titles.
4: Manson's title was Cease to Exist, and the Beach Boys' title was Never Learn Not to Love.
0: Allie? That is correct. And Magnuson is five for five. And Very the Beach impressive.
4: Boys shouldn't have done that.
0: Yeah. that was what, what, did, Were they doing it as a I've deliberately to, to the situation? Or what, why do you think they recorded that song? Did they actually like the song?
4: Oh, well, Dennis Wilson was deep in with the ah, family. Okay. Got You've it. got to read Diane Lake's book that came out recently, that's a good one. You get all the Dennis Wilson stories.
0: All right, well, um, fun fact, Manson's songs have also been recorded by Guns N' Roses, the Lemonheads, and perhaps not surprisingly, Marilyn Manson. Uh, By the way, if you want to hear more about the Beach Boys, you can check out a segment we did on them with Margaret Cho in episode 37 of Go Fact Yourself. And you obviously did very well in that round, but now here is your expert-level question that requires multiple answers. It is time for your cluster fact. okay. I think this is the first time one of our guests has joined in the ooh. Thank you, Hal. I'm so excited by this. It is exciting. (laughs) Uh, And
4: my beta blockers are wearing
0: off. (laughs) Oh, no hurry someone get Ann some beta no uh all right and we'll bring on an expert to assess your response the answer is worth up to three points in a two-night television event in 1976 the book helter skelter was adapted into a movie for up to three points what network aired the movie who played charles manson and when that actor turned down the role initially what controversial multiple oscar-winning director convinced him to take the role
4: Oh, damn, that really requires some expertise. Well, that's what um, well, 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 you promised. Stephen us. Railsback played Manson.
0: Okay, Stephen Railsback. Now, the uh, network that it aired on?
4: I'm going to guess ABC.
0: ABC, all right. And, and the director who convinced him to take the role after he wanted to turn it down.
4: I'm just going to take a wild guess and say um, Schlesinger, who did Midnight Cowboy.
0: Schlesinger, who did Midnight Cowboy. Oh, oh, oh hold I don't on. think
4: I don't think he won any Oscars. Would
0: well, you want to change your answer? You got time.
4: Damn. That's all right. Or is it John Frankenheimer?
0: John Frankenheimer. You're switching your answer to John Frankenheimer. I'm going
1: to guess that. I mean, I don't know who it is.
0: That's right. Allie is taking note of those answers. We have an expert on hand who can tell us for sure. Allie, who do we have tonight?
1: Here with us tonight is a man who's been acting for over 40 years and whose many credits include Broadway films and playing Charles Manson in Helter Skelter. It's Steve Railsback. Steve Railsback. (laughs) Come on up here, sir.
0: Anne is beaming and applauding and welcoming him with a big hug. <laughs> Anne is living her dream of hugging Charles Manson.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, Anne and uh, Mr. Relbeck, take a seat, and we want you to say everything that you just said up there, but for our audience to hear. Anne, what were you I telling, said Steve? You're
4: so genius and The Stuntman, Man, and this is such an honor.
0: Oh, that's wonderful <laughs> to that really you say. You're a
4: brilliant actor.
3: Oh,
0: Anne, you're oh. getting a little emotional. We, we, we welcome that here as well. Thank you. <laughs> Stephen? And what were you saying to Anne uh, as you were uh, coming in?
4: I was doing all the talking. Oh, okay.
0: (laughs) She's a wonderful lady. She is a wonderful lady, and you're a wonderful fellow for being here as well. Uh, In addition to uh, playing Charles Manson Helter Skelter, you actually have over 75 credits in your filmography that include The Stuntman, as uh, Anne referenced, Life Force, The X-Files, Supernatural, all of these amazing credits. Yes. Let's talk to you a little bit more about your background and how you got into all this. Uh, You actually studied with Lee Strasberg. I did. Yeah. I became
6: a member of the Actors Studio... In uh, 1971.
0: Uh, and you came to it in a kind of an unusual roundabout way. With the actor studio? Yes. Did, uh, did, did I have this correct? You actually were in a different acting class and then stumbled oh, on the Lee Strasberg?
6: That's at uh, Carnegie Hall. He yes. used to teach private classes. I looked in a phone book, picked a, a place, and it happened to be on the eighth floor Carnegie Hall. Mm-hmm. And I'm there, and I'm, I'm realizing that there was just something I, I, I didn't feel right about, even mm-hmm. though I'd never been in an acting class. Huh. And then I found out Lee was on the 10th floor of Carnegie uh-huh. Hall. And... Uh, I eventually left that and was accepted in the Lee's class.
0: You just passed right by the ninth floor. No interest there.
6: <laughs> yeah, no, no, no interest there. I, no, but yeah. I, I knew Lee. I knew you'd heard of Lee Strasberg. Yeah. Oh yeah, but
0: you had I no had, idea you were two floors uh, under his I, classes. I had no idea. That's great. And uh, what did you feel in the Lee Strasberg class that you weren't feeling in the other class? Why do you feel you connected so much with that kind of work? Because it's
6: specific. Mm-hmm. The sensory work, the relaxation. You know, relaxation is so important. If you're not relaxed, you're tense. Mm-hmm
1: hosting tonight
6: no you're not yeah. no you're not you're doing a great job you're doing a great, I mean great job.
1: can you recommend
0: any exercises though if Allie wants to feel more less uh, less no
6: <laughs> you know totally got into this craft that's all I wanted was I came from a small town in Texas my parents would always go yeah right say, it's okay we'll talk about it later <laughs>
0: and, <laughs> yeah, small town Texas parents weren't excited for you to go to New York and try to no, be an actor no 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 yeah. it took a long time <laughs> it took a long time but you, uh, you had you had some uh, early success I did yeah what were some of the first uh, projects that you got yourself involved well in? I did a lot of
6: plays mm-hmm. I did like 35 plays mm-hmm. the first film I ever did was a lead in an Ali Kazan movie
0: oh in Ali Kazan yes uh, yeah. and what was that movie
6: uh, it's called The Visitors mm-hmm. he became like my father yeah we were just so close for the next 30 years.
0: All right, well, let's talk about this Manson movie. So, first of all, when, when uh, Manson and his family made news for all the awful things they did, how, how where were you of, of Charles Manson, and did you ever think, I could play that guy?
6: No. <laughs> no, no, okay. no, I didn't, but I remember
0: uh, hearing about the murders.
6: Sure. I, I saw a newspaper stand on Sheridan Square in New York. I saw this thing, you know, and I said, what's happening mm. in this world?
0: Well, you audition for the movie. You do one of the courtroom monologues uh, from from the movie. You get offered the part, and you decide that you don't want to do it. Why is that? Because I, I was a little worried about getting typed.
6: Which is, anyway, I get a call from Eileen, who's Kazan's secretary. Mm-hmm. She said, Mr. Kazan would like to talk to you. I said, fine, put him on. He gets on the phone. And he says, so what's happening now? I said, well, you want me to, do this Manson character and uh, I'm just not sure she said why well, I'm just a, I don't know I'm just a little worried about being typed he said that's oh, a Hollywood term I don't know what that means <laughs> and, that's good to hear. and then he said well who's directing it and I said a guy, a guy named Tom Grice Tom Grice Tom. oh Tom Grice my god you've got to do this thing <laughs> oh, you have to do it he's a great brilliant director He's been my friend so, so long and you've got to do it. You have to do it." And I went, damn, okay, I, <laughs> I, no, I, I, cause this man, I, I said, yeah, I will. Okay, I'm gonna do it. And he was just so happy, it was Tommy Grice. And uh, so we, we hang up and I call Tom and I said, I wanna do it, I'm, I, I do wanna do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, about six weeks later, we were uh, on the set of skelter, and uh, Tom and I are sitting there talking, and he turns to me and he said, "Did Kazan ever call you?" <laughs> I said, "Yeah." He said, "Well, I've known him for 25 years, and I called him, and I said to him, "Can you get this
0: kid to fucking do this
6: show?"
3: <laughs> oh, That's true. Just
0: to give an indication to, to our listeners how big of a deal this was in the culture, the miniseries attracted 55 million viewers when it aired. Uh, in 2019, if that had aired last year, that would have been the highest rated television program, a- except for the Super Bowl, but not all stations even aired it. There
6: were
4: a lot oh, of stations same, that refused
0: to air go, it. Yeah, tell us about uh, that. It was
6: and, so
4: fresh after yeah. that. It
6: was, so, it was. It was, know, was. It was. just real fresh. In mm-hmm. minds. So there's certain people. But yeah, it d- didn't show it. But yeah, it or still, they showed
0: it late at night. So and yet it still yeah. got those incredible ratings. Even even but, with yeah,
6: that. I mean, it was only three networks at yeah. that time.
0: Yeah. Well, I could talk to you about this all night, but let's get to the reason that we brought you here as far as our game is concerned. You heard the questions that we asked of Ann. First, we wanted to know, on what network did Helter Skelter air? Allie, what did Ann say? ABC. And uh, Mr. Reelsbeck? CBS. So close, though. So (laughs) close.
4: But ABC news crew found the close that... The Killers Dumped and Benedictine. So in a way, King. that's
0: correct to an answer that.
4: <laughs> well, I had ABC on the mind. <laughs> you
0: did have ABC on the mind. I'm sorry, no point there. Uh, we'll skip ahead. Uh, who was the controversial Oscar-winning director that convinced the actor to take the role after he turned it down? What did Ann say, Allie?
1: Frankenheimer.
0: And uh, Mr. the Ili- uh, Kazan. It was Ilya Kazan. No point there. Finally, we wanted to know who did ultimately take that role and play Charles Manson in the acclaimed movie Helter Skelter. Allie, what did
1: Anne say? Steve Railsback. And Mr.
0: Railsback? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. A good point for Ann. We've, we've got to wrap up at Ann briefly. Is there anything you'd like to say or ask of Mr. Railsback while we have him here?
4: What kind of research did you do? Did you need to do?
0: No, I, I had to do research.
6: Yeah. They had a documentary they had done on him. and uh, Yeah, during the trial and all that on Manson. So I'd watched that like ten times to get his movements. And then I, it's all about choices. You know, I was doing a play for Arthur Penn uh, in New York. Uh, it was a break, and we, we were in rehearsal. And he said, uh, he just walked over to me. We were just talking, and he said, you know, choices are. What he was saying was, the choices we make make the art that we do, mm. and that's a fact. It is. It's all about choices.
0: Well, I'm so glad that you made the choice to join us here tonight. If people (laughs) want to find out more about you, I know you've got a website they can look up. Steve Railsback, it's wonderful to have you. Mr. Steven Railsback.
1: Thank Thank you so much.
0: much. Thank you. What is our score as we head into the final round?
1: Going into the final round, our score is Hal Lublin with four and a half points and Ann Magnuson with eight points. All right.
0: And now it is time for our final round we call Fast Facts. I'll read ten statements, and each contestant will answer with true or false. I'll start with Hal and alternate between each guest. Each correct answer is worth one point. Again, the answer to each statement is true or false. Here we begin. Hal, cars used to come with tape decks to play cassettes. True. Correct. And 1984 was the last year that cars came with a factory-installed tape deck.
1: True. Incorrect.
0: No. Hal, Lexus made the last car to come with a tape deck. False. Incorrect. No, they really did, and it what? was in and it was in 2010. That's luxury. That's the luxury of Lexus in 2010. Have
4: sure. I should have known that because my car is 2005. And ah, that's all right. it. it also came with a hand but crank. But I'm so to start starstruck. Yeah. Yeah. Yes.
0: All right. Continuing on. And Chrysler once made a car that came with a record player.
4: True. Correct. Yeah,
0: they really did. Hal, Honda made a car that came with a picnic table. True. Correct. Yeah, it's the CRV. And Honda made a car that came with a shower.
1: False. (laughs) Incorrect.
0: No. Also the CRV. After you have that picnic, just wipe that grime right off you. Hal, Toyota made a car that came with an ice maker. True. Correct. That's right. The 1984 Toyota van. And Rolls Royce cars come with a built-in umbrella compartment.
1: True. Correct. Hal,
0: Mercedes makes a car that comes with an electronic perfume dispenser. True. Correct. Yep, the S-Class sedan. (laughs) And that car comes from the factory with the perfume installed.
1: True. Correct.
0: Hal, the factory perfume scent is called New Car Smell. I hope that's true. Incorrect. <laughs> uh, and the perfume scent is called Unnecessary Car Accessory.
1: True? <laughs> Incorrect. Ha-
0: ah! And finally, Hal, the perfume was called Eau de A-hole.
1: <laughs> false. Okay, now
4: there is a false.
0: No, but I think it should have been. Let's yeah. give a nice hand to Anne and Hal as Allie tabulates our final score. We're not going to count those last few. Those are just for fun. <laughs> By the way, the factory standard scent was called Freeside Mood. What's it called? Freeside Mood. When you get a new Mercedes, it comes with a scent called Freeside Mood. I guess you have to be a Mercedes owner to understand, Anne. <laughs> Allie, are you ready to announce the winner in today's show? I sure am. What is our final score?
1: Hal has 8.5 points, and Anne has 11 points.
0: Congratulations, Anne. You are the facting champion on Go Fact Yourself. And what will you do with your championship?
4: I'm going to Spawn Ranch.
0: Wow! Fun, fun, fun! All right, that just leaves us the opportunity to promote any upcoming products, appearances, or services. How? Where can people find you? What are you have going on?
2: You can find me on all social media at Hal Lublin. You can listen to my podcast, We Got This with Mark and Hal and Fights, both on the Maximum Fun Network, and also Good Morning Nightvale, a Nightvale Recap Show on the Nightvale Network. And now I've said Nightvale 500 times. That's <laughs> nothing anymore. Well, it meant a lot to us to have you here, Mr. Hal
0: Lublin. <laughs> Ann Magnuson, so lovely to welcome you
4: back to the show. Where can people find you? Thank you. AnnMagnuson.com, where you could read my very out-of-date biography (laughs) and uh, my occasional social media moments on Twitter and all the other stuff.
0: Multidisciplinary. All of them lovely. So happy to have you, Ms. Ann Magnuson. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, she did such a great job. Your guest co-host is Ms. Allie Gertz. Allie, where can people find you? What do you have going on?
1: Uh, you can find me at Allie Gertz and all the things. I have a Simpsons podcast called Round Springfield. I have a Simpsons book. Uh, you could look that up because it's a long title. And I play music all the time. So you'll find me throughout L.A.
0: Excellent. Not a murderer, a songwriter, and a singer. Ms. Ally Gertz, wonderful to have you. Thank you for stepping in tonight. You bet. Uh, and me, you can find me on Twitter at J underscore Keith, on Instagram at jkeith.net, all spelled out. That just leaves me to thank Hal Lublin, and Magnuson, Matt Forbeck, Steve Railsbeck. Please like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at GoFactorPod. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Update our wiki at gofactorwiki.fandom.com. And buy our T-shaped shirt at maxfunstore.com. I'm J. Keith Van Stratton. Good night. Like what you hear, come see us live. It's free. Go to GoFactorPod.com for our schedule and tickets. And give us a five star review on Apple Podcasts like Limp Trisket did. He, she, or they said, this podcast tries real hard and succeeds. <laughs> Keep it up, guys. Thanks, Limp Trisket. We will. Allie?
1: Go Fact Yourself is a panel quiz program devised by Jim Newman and J. Keith Van Stratton and comes to you via transcription from the Angel City Brewery in Los Angeles. Questions on Go Fact Yourself are compiled by the Trivia Industrial Complex. It is produced in collaboration with Maximum Fun. Go Fact Yourself's theme song and incidental music were written and performed by Jonathan Green. Maximum Fun's senior producer is Laura Swisher. This show is edited by Julian Burrell. Dave McKeever is our live sound engineer. And special thanks to Mike Carlin, Bob Skier, Wendy Craig, Marilyn Madsen, Patrick Rogers, Christina Van Valkenberg, Maddie Cheryl Kagan from Cheryl J. Kagan Public Relations, Christian Malmeen, Mike Avellanos, Leora Saul, Clint Tauscher, Michael the Priz Prizbosky at Priz Sound, Adam Nediff, Dave Bianchi, Erich Tran, and Christine Velada. I've been Allie Gertz. <laughs> Let's go to the Spawn Ranch!
4: MaximumFun.org.
0: Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.